Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. All we can do is put it out there. It's too traumatic, and it could affect too many people if we don't. I am not the only one who has had a fluky accident, though, and, and this happened at the same time. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Get ready for this one. It's a true news you can use episode. We tell you all the time how we get our stories, and often it's as fascinating as the story itself. And boy, do we have a doozy for you today. With me today to give you the rundown on some real-life experience and fluky accident-turned stories in Raleigh Magazine, Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam. Melissa, thanks for joining me for this one. Oh boy, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Thanks for having me, as always. So one of our big buzz stories for the June issue started as an accident, literally. You'd basically been crippled by a gel pedicure. I texted you that we needed to use our voice as a platform to tell people about the misadventures. The public really needs to know about this. Yeah, honestly, I love your brain, and I can't believe I hadn't thought of it myself. I remember where I was when you texted me that um, because I was walking in pain, <laughs> trying to walk my dog in pain. Um, and so start from the beginning. Yeah. So basically, this is a cautionary tale. Um, on what April 1st was Dreamville, and when we went to the printer for the April issue, so mid-March, um, the day after we went to the printer, I went to lunch with my mom. We decided to get pedicures. We go in, and they're like, do you want gel? Which I noticed them asking more. Uh, I mean, it costs more. Of course, they're going to ask if you want that. But and it lasts like, longer. The, the, what the selling point, just correct me if I'm wrong, the selling point is they think it'll last longer, and you can put your shoes back on and leave quick more quickly. Yes, the true selling point on gel pedicures or manicures is that um, it immediately dries because of the UV or LED nail lamps that they use. And so for me, the appeal would be, before all this happened, the appeal would be in winter when you wouldn't have to walk out in the freezing cold in flip-flops or sandals. You could put your boots back on or whatever. Um, and everybody loves that with manicures, right? You can mess with your keys, your phone, drive your car. I actually didn't see the appeal other than being able to put your shoes back on immediately of a gel pedicure because I will say, and everybody I've since talked to has agreed that a regular pedicure lasts forever anyway. I think gel is really heavy, and so I wasn't really sure about the idea of getting it on my feet, but I thought sort of like what you said. And it was was mid-March, so it was chilly, and we had shoes. So I was like, okay, sure. So I got it, and of course, they're a lot more expensive, so um, that all just becomes like, 
more frustrating. But anyway, um, fast forward a couple of weeks, it's Dreamville. We walked 12 miles um, the first day of Dreamville, which is something that we've talked about before in this podcast because it's something that sh- shouldn't have to walk that far for an event. But we did. And I literally was in so much pain. I was, well, I was in pain kind of early on and didn't admit it. But what was I going to do? Right, you're like, out I'm, there. You, I'm out at Dick's Park in the middle of a field. What am I going to do? And it, it would have never crossed my mind that it had anything to do with my toenails or my pedicure. I did think at first, and before anybody blames my shoes, this is 100% doctor verified not yeah. about my shoes. But I thought that too. Like right. I was like, maybe it was muddy if everybody remembers. It had been raining. Right. The wind was really bad. So I had worn, you know, shoes that were different than what I had worn last year. And I thought maybe I had, maybe the shoes were bothering me at that distance. Um, anyway, we got diverted to walk all the way like a mile south of down of like downtown to to leave Dick's Park. I literally pulled over like as if I was in a car, and I was walking with Lauren, Annabeth, and her roommate. And I literally just veered off and sat on like a little water tower thing. And they were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm done." I can't. Walk. I, I was like, "I don't know how you're getting me out of here, but I'm done." We so, should call me. Annabeth's roommate. We were in a field still. Yeah. We were still like back behind the road. So Annabeth's are on the path. So Annabeth's roommate wears the same size as me, and she traded shoes with me. And I was so I remember being upset and saying like, "Why would I want you to wear these painful shoes?" I still thought it was the shoes, and she was like, "The shoes. These shoes are fine." So we walk all the way back to Glenwood South, um, another couple miles, and I was still in a lot of pain, but it was it was better. So I still thought it was the shoes. Anyway, fast forward as the week goes on. I have a pedicure, so I can't totally see this. I could not walk the next day. I couldn't really bend my toes, um, particularly my big toes, and I didn't really know what was wrong, and I couldn't see anything. By the time um, that was Sunday, I didn't go to Dreamville that day. By the time we got to Wednesday, I was just sort of like hobbling around. I didn't know. By the time we got to Wednesday, I I clipped off the tops of my toenails so I could just see anything. This is just what happened, so it's kind of graphic. But basically, like, there was so much pressure under the nail that this the nail bed under the nail kind of, like, burst out the top of the nail. And it's, like, basically kind of exploded into this <sighs> bruised, bloody mess. And so I was like, okay, well, now the problem is nobody will take my gel pedicure off. No one would help me. I saw you the next day. I came into work. You still couldn't really see anything that bad because of the, the polish. Um, you could just see that I was clearly having a problem. And so— you sent me to this place that you really like, and I pleaded with them to take it off. And they were like, no, obviously we can't, and this might be infected. And, you know, so if, now it's, you know, Friday in the weekend, and I don't know what to do. I didn't even know that you could take them off yourself. And um, other people know that. That's great. I did not know that. And so um, I was on a group chat with my friends, and I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. I think I need to go to urgent care, but they're not going to be able to see my feet. So what are they going to do? You can, they can't take it off. You cannot go to urgent care and be like, take off my gel pedicure. Right. They will not. So luckily, my friend Sarah knew how to take them off, and I literally door dashed exactly what she told me to get, like, the 100% acetone. I took it off myself. And what I did learn throughout this process is soaking is one of the things that will alleviate some of the, like, damage and pain. So in the soaking process of trying to get the pedicure off, once it came off, I got some relief, and it didn't actually look that bad that day. And then when I woke up the next day, which, of course, had to be Easter, um, (laughs) it was— Bad news bears, and they were they were they were oozing, they were infected, Folks, they were black and blue. It was awful. I mean, this is serious. You saw them. I like, did. This is serious, and what I can't believe, and you obviously have seen professionals, yeah, across the board, now. and now we know. <laughs> but this is 
I'm, I've been sitting in a nail salon every since years, and I'll say, somebody will say, oh, I'll take a jail. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not getting a jail pedicure. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's insane the number of people. Like, I actually went to a different doctor yesterday, and my nurse was like, have you had any procedures since the last time we saw you? And I said, which we'll get to, I had a nail avulsion. And she said, why? And I said, I walked in closed-toed shoes and a gel pedicure. And she said, I have a gel pedicure. I'm going to take it off right now. So after this— Yes. You so end up with urgent care. So they put you on care. but they put you on antibiotics, thought you had an infection. Right. So all all bad all bad things happen from there. Everything we, look, we're trained to do research. So I'm not the person that's gonna go down the wrong hole on Google. Right. right. So like I know how to do research. I know how to read things that are peer reviewed or verifiable. And so I was on podiatry boards. I, you know, everything I read and everything urgent care did and told me was wrong. First, they tried to send me to the ER, but I luckily already knew that the first thing you're supposed to do if this happens to you is go to the doctor or the podiatrist and have it drilled and drained to relieve that pressure that I was talking about. But that has to happen in the first two days. So we're clearly well past that at this point. Luckily, somebody in that office knew that and didn't send me to the ER on Easter. Um, but then they basically just gave me two antibiotics, one oral and one topical, and sent me on my way. This I've admitted before in the magazine, so I don't mind saying again, I don't have a colon. So it's not really just, you don't just go giving me antibiotics, you know? Right. So that wasn't probably the best decision in that point. And apparently what I found out later from the podiatrist was the only way to know for sure that my toes were actually infected and that that wasn't just oozing re relief would be to remove the nail because the infection would have been in the nail bed, Right. Anyway, they did refer me to a podiatrist. They referred me to one that wasn't in network, and it takes a whole other week to get to the right one. And so that's who we ended up doing a story with, which is Dr. Peters, um, and he's at in stride at, um, in the Hayes-Barton area. But I go to him, and all I had to say to him just to bring this point home was I walked in a gel pedicure. I didn't even, like, have to elaborate, and he, went, he just shook his head and looked kind of like, oh, God. And then 12 miles, and then he said, so he said, I obliterated my toes, was his well, words. And the other thing, what you told me that day was that he's seen a lot of this. Yeah, he said, um, I, I felt really embarrassed and kind of humiliated because I I still didn't understand that it wasn't my shoes or my or something I did. Well, it, it wasn't just feels like something I did wrong. And it wasn't <laughs> just the 12 miles. You. You didn't have to walk 12 miles to have this problem. Right, exactly. So I, I think every step of the way I was like, oh, I made this choice that was wrong. Right. And he kept saying, no, any gel pedicure, do not put on closed-toed shoes, period. That's it, period. There's no and, but, if, or, or. So no one and can no get— no one knows No that. one should get a gel pedicure. He so I mean, right. If you, he said, "If you want to just go toes in the sand, sandals for a week, then you can get them." But my my question would be, and I'm not trying to like, you know, come at gel pedicures. Although I am angry, obviously. Why though? Like I've had so many pedicures. I have. I painted my other eight toes <laughs> just to make people not see it as much. And it's been on there for three weeks, and it's not gone anywhere. You know. Well, and he. He openly says he does not think that nail salons are complicit in this. Right. That That's he just thinks point. there's a lack of education about the problems. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest about this. It's kind of emotional. But when he—so I saw him twice. I saw him the first time, and um, he said he gave me the choice whether or not to keep my nails. He thought by the time I saw him, granted, I'd also had an antibiotic. He said everything I'd been told was wrong. He would not have given me the antibiotic, especially given my health situation. He would have had to remove the nails to know that. He also said by the time he saw me that he felt like they were probably going to fall. Well, they were definitely going to fall off on their own. And then he would just monitor it. Well, what ended up happening was two weeks later, 
for no rhyme or reason that we can still figure out, I basically almost got re-injured and there was no incident. The best that he could figure out was that basically in the healing process, the nail bed had kind of crystallized Mm -hmm. under the nail and that once the gel, even though the gel was no longer on the nail, the nail had been so hardened from the gel being on it that he was saying it was basically almost as if it was still on there. At least that was my understanding of it. And that it was just creating this pressure situation. I finally had an epiphany. I couldn't walk. Of course, it was the weekend again. I couldn't walk the entire day on Saturday. And I finally did like a soak late at night, and it relieved the pressure. And I I almost didn't call him. And then I'm so glad I did. I get in on Monday. They fit me in. And by the time I get in there, I can't walk. So that's why he kind of thought it was this crystallization thing. So he said— he was going to have to take them off. And then this is the part that I was saying was emotional. So it was painful. They do numb you. And I guess different doctors, you, you can probably request different things. Like I've read that some people even get anesthetized. I don't, that seems it may be a little extreme. But you can watch. You don't have to. I made the mistake of watching. Um, but it's a little like what I call a C-section curtain uh, that yeah. they put over my legs. And I and I let, him, I let him pull it back so I could watch once my feet <laughs> were numb. Which, by the way, was eight long needles in your toes because there's so many nerves. Yeah. So I've had, I will just say I've had 10 surgeries. I've had several organs removed. And he, I think, expected me to be really tough for that reason. And I was really tough. And I had a positive attitude through all of those other things. And when he started, mm. you guys have seen horror movies. And they they rip people's nails off in those movies. <laughs> Our producer's leaving. <laughs> producer's walked out. She can't um, hear anymore. This is what, this is literally like he ripped them off. You know, he did his job. He didn't do anything right. wrong. No. And um, I... I'm just, I don't even think I've told you this yet. I point blank started absolutely full body sobbing oh. into my sweatshirt. I mean, yeah. I did tell you. Yeah, I mean, it. I can only imagine. It's sort of, it, yeah, I mean, it. It. it's so personal. I mean, you've survived all this other stuff, and then you're, to, you know, to, to have done something, for, to have somebody do something to you. Yes, that's, that's That you paid it. for. Yes. That no one seems to understand is yeah. dangerous. Is is just shocking to me. And the other yes. thing is, I know people have said this to you because the story I'm going to tell people keep saying, well, have you done this? Have you done this? Going back to the nail salon doesn't solve the problem because oh God, it's not like this young woman that that did the pedicure did anything wrong. She She did what she was trained to do and she's trained to sell it. Something has to change with the cosmetics board. Right. I was so glad that you... When you texted me and said, we have to do this story, because then I was able to talk to Dr. Peters as an editor instead of as a patient. And I was actually able to probably understand a lot more of what I'm saying now because I wasn't thinking about myself and my pain anymore. Um, And also, it's always good to get medical interviews in writing because you can't. And so we did it as a QA. and a And, like, we literally—it's his his words and mine. And um, it helped me understand it better, and I looked back to it several times. But, yes, that was one of the questions that I came back to him with is that why are they allowed to offer them? And 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 picturing those people and knowing them and going to these salons throughout Raleigh, like there's no way they're doing this if they thought they were hurting people. And he said he really believes they're not complicit and that they don't know. And to that point, I, of course, am not going to go back to the salon I went to, and I'm not even going to say which one it was, and say, look what you did to my feet and make these women right. cry I would feel terrible if I did this to somebody else, but she didn't know that she did it. But you have, you beyond us telling the story, I've told every friend I have, every dad I know, every person, don't let your daughter do this. Don't tell your wife, yeah. tell tell your friends. 
But I think there has to be an education piece to this. So your yeah. friend suggested you go to the cosmetic, and your doctor suggested yes. the cosmetics board. So one of my friends su- suggested the cosmetics board because, and then the doctor said when I brought that to him, I didn't know if he would thought would think that was extreme. And he said, I think that's so smart. They used to have these things when you, if you got pedicures before, they look kind of like cheese graters, and they don't really have them anymore. And that's because a lot of people complain that it caused them injury. And so— Listen, I'm not trying to terminate gel pedicures. I just want people to know. And so he said it would do me no good to go to this one salon and they stop offering it, right? If we go to the board and then he goes to the board, then they can at least, all I want is just for them to let people be aware. Right. Because if somebody had said to me that day, you can get this gel pedicure, but be careful about. Right. You can't walk. I also go running. You can't walk. You can't run. Close toe shoes are going to be a problem. Giving you some kind of warning about it. And he, in fact— it's not an extreme case. Someone you, someone, he, a patient of his lost a toe. Yeah. So I asked him what the most severe case was, and he said a 25-year-old lost her toe. But she was type 1 diabetic mellitus, I think is how you say that. Um, and so that is, a, you know, an added health condition, but it doesn't matter. It still happens. And also to your other point, um, the, I, there has been an uptick. One of the first things I asked him when he was like, you're not alone, was— are you seeing more of this? And he said, yes, it seems like it's something I'm seeing more of now. And I think he named like 10 to 15 patients a month. That may not seem a lot, but you're talking about one doctor one in doctor. Raleigh Imagine seeing if, that many. Right. Um, and he asked me, he, poor guy, He when I when he did the procedure and went, I was crying and he went kind of quickly out of the room. He said, you almost died several times and you were so tough. I, I don't think I expected you to react this way. I'm curious why this was... This affected you this way. And so, of course, you have to have a follow-up. So I had a follow-up two weeks later, and I thought for a long time about that because I didn't know—I didn't expect it either. And it wasn't vanity, you know. Um, And I should say there's a possibility that I'll never have my toenails again. So we haven't said that yet. And he said we won't know for a year. Two years. Two years. Yeah. So the first one will automatically grow back deformed. And it's six months to a year for a full cycle. And then this, and then as the second one grows back is when we'll know if it grows back at all. And then during that process, you might end up with, like, another thing that could happen where, like, the nail grows into the skin and you have another procedure that would help me. I'd be terrified of somebody stepping on my feet. Oh, I did. I, you, I went. You gave I, me I, hockey I know, tickets. And no, no, listen, y'all. She gave me hockey tickets, and I couldn't wear close toed shoes because I had had this procedure. So I had on sandals. And we're in that sweet area, not the sweets, but the like the place with its own like snack bar and bathrooms. Right, right. And I'm walking up to the bathroom, and this like 20 year old jumps up in the air to catch a hacky sack and is about to come down on my toe. And I, I mean, it's like when like moms can pick up cars. I yeah. think I threw that person. <laughs> it's like, dude, do not step bar. on my toes. <laughs> they looked at me like I was like, sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, I did answer his question, and it's what you already said. I think. All those other things that happened to me were a result of genetics and things that were beyond my control. And I I was proud to just be, like, fighting the good fight and that I was going to come out of it. This was – my mom bought me that pedicure. And, you know, like, I didn't have to spend that money. And we didn't have to spend time doing that. And all the embarrassment of, like, switching shoes at Dreamville. And then – I mean, it's just – the whole thing was humiliating. And I know it shouldn't be. And then, like, all of those other surgeries, they take you out of commission for – Weeks or months, you're not allowed to work out or right. eat in some cases. And so I've, after being through all that and now just working so hard, you know, this year to be, like, back running again and stuff, and then you, you think you can run after this procedure? No. No. So, I mean, that's probably getting to the point where I could again, but— 
local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Campbell University School of Law offers a wholly online or in-person two-semester patent law certificate program designed for technology executives, engineers, paralegals, and more. The deadline to apply for the patent law certificate program is August 1st. Learn more and apply at law.campbell.edu. I am not the only one who has had a fluky accident, though, and, and this happened at the same time. This happened exactly the same time. Yeah. Um, so my daughter turned 21 and we had gone to Nashville for the weekend and my youngest son was, um, doing some work with his older brother, power washing. And I didn't know any of this. I'm getting off a plane in Nashville and my son calls and says, sorry, says his back's hurting. He's been power washing, wearing a backpack. And, and he goes, and he's got a red spot about the size of a Coke can, the bottom. And I said, call the doctor, go to urgent care, have somebody look at it, make sure you wash it. I said, just, and at the time it didn't get worse. It, it didn't immediately get worse. And my, you know, he's the youngest, he's 14. And so by the time I got home two days later, mm. he has a third degree burn that is covering the entire left side of his back and along his waistline. Oh, God. And it started out, you know, that size and spread. And, and they didn't alert you during any of that time that it had spread? No. Right. I mean, he's That's a 14-year-old boy. He thought, yeah. oh, I just hurt myself. It's going to be okay. And he didn't even have a realization. I mean, they put him, obviously, put him, threw his clothes away, put him in water, cleaned his back, did everything they were supposed to do, you know, for maybe like a chemical burn. Mm-hmm. What we didn't know at the time and found out, so I arrive home, I hop out of the car, put him in the car, drive straight to urgent care. Urgent care looks at me and goes, go to the ER. Mm -hmm. I get to the ER. <laughs> this always seems to happen. It's the last bed. She takes a look at him and gives him the room in the bed and says, they immediately rush in with an EKG. Oh, my God. After giving I him know, morphine. He's 14. And... I was already feeling bad. As a mom, we feel bad for everything, right? We're bad. We feel bad if we're there. We feel guilty no matter what. But I was out of town. And I obviously think I would have done it differently. Maybe if I'd have been here, maybe I wouldn't have. But he could have done this. It's a base. It wasn't an acid. It was a base. You got a chemistry lesson again. I got a chemistry <laughs> lesson. The doctor said it's a base chemical. The reason it was the size of a, a Coke can and that it spread is the base chem chemical got in his bloodstream, and we have to now make sure he doesn't have heart damage, kidney damage, and liver damage. Y'all, there were tears in our office. I mean, I was, I can still feel how I felt that day. I, I was so 
terrified yeah. that he had that something lifelong had just happened to him. Yeah. Um, and not to mention that he is in excruciating pain, a third degree burn and high fever. Right. That proceeded that that like night later on. Later yeah. on yeah. They um they made sure that he didn't have any organ damage. We were so fortunate. And he looked at me and he goes, I'm gonna bandage him up and you need to go to the burn center in the morning. UNC to the burn center. And he goes, There's nothing we can do on our end. That's such an awful feeling. Yeah. So, you know, he's Thank goodness for pain that night, but it was a very long night. It was he, a lot of very long nights. It was. <laughs> and, and he, but he, that was it. His fever spiked and he could not get comfortable and his legs were throbbing. And so you don't know, is the chemical still spreading? You don't know what's oh. happening. We get to the burn center the next day, and this was almost worse in some ways. The doctor walks in and looks at it and she goes, he can't go back to school this year. This is life changing mm-hmm. and he will need surgery. And thank God, in some ways, he's a 14-year-old boy, so he's sitting there. I'm not sure if he had his AirPods in or what. He's probably just not even in the world. And I I fell apart. Lucky for us. God, we are so fortunate to have the Burns Center here. We are so fortunate because they trained me, and I had to change his bandages daily, sometimes twice a day in the middle of the night when he would start hurting, and we couldn't. I was going to say there were times you were up in the middle of the yeah. night, like well, he was wailing in pain. and Well, that was it was almost like going back to having a, a, a sleeping baby or a sick baby yeah. because I, you know, left my phone on, kept, you know, kept my door open. You feel like you're sleeping with one ear open because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this happened April 8th, mm-hmm. April 10th. And so he has not returned to school. Um, and many people have said to me, "Oh, are you ready to sue somebody? And are you, do, you know, are you doing this? You know, it was a fluke accident. It was a backpack. He had on probably not wearing appropriate clothing. It was raining. He thought the backpack was hurting his back and didn't realize that maybe it was. It just kind of felt like it burned. Mm-hmm. He went for ninety minutes with that chemical on his back. There's, there's nobody to blame. It was a freak fluke accident. My oldest son obviously was devastated. Felt like it was his fault." Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't anybody's fault. But that is just amazing how things happen. We learned so many lessons about things. He obviously has learned a great lesson about, you know, I've been through this. I had a child chop the end of his finger off with the lawnmower. So I didn't know that until last week, and I'm still I'm still recovering from that. That's the one where I left the room. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I like to, oh, I mean, God. now I can make a joke about it because we are coming out the other side. And the good news is by doing the hard work and changing the bandage daily and going to the burn center weekly, and and now we're to the He couldn't wait to get to a point he didn't have to wear a bandage until he got to that point. And now it's that fear of hurting it. Um, but if we keep doing what they told us to do, they don't think he'll need surgery. He has not been able to return to school because of the fear of infection, Yeah, because it is not healed. They say it could take as much as two years for the color to come back to his skin. How bad will the scarring be permanently? I mean, obviously the scars are permanent, but... I, I You know, I think that's the thing we don't know yet. That's the reason they talked about surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to graft skin from one side of his back to the other. And which, tell him what Sam said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My middle child said, so they're going to make the other side of his back hurt too. So now both sides hurt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Go to bed. That's quiet. We don't need any rational thinking right now. We just have to do what they tell us to do. But it's crazy how something that you feel like you're doing something, you know, just routine. Yeah. 
that people do every day can cause. I think that's the commonality of both of these things is that at the end of the day, if you want a gel pedicure, get one. Just don't wear closed-toed shoes. And obviously, you can power wash and use these chemicals, but there's ways to know how to react if there's a spill or right. maybe certain clothes to wear. And it's all just, I think— that was your point that I thought was so smart is like we have a platform here to bring these experiences to help other people to help right. prevent them. You know, Annabeth came in the office Tuesday and was like, my mom called. She she runs like three miles however often. And she called and was like, I got a gel pedicure. And she was like, mom, take it off. Take it right off now. right now. And and so and like with this, you know, I I don't know what I would have done in Sam and Sawyer's shoes. Like I'm Clearly an English major. I, <laughs> you know, not a chemistry savant. So I don't, I don't even know if I would have done all the things they did. And, right. you know, and maybe that makes me sound ignorant, but like you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And I think I had no idea there was that, I mean, I don't know that I'd have been home if it were that size. I'd have known that the next day it was going to double and triple in size. I, you know, I think that's the thing is that fluky stuff happens and you have to be on top of it and pay attention and yeah. um and that's really the reason that I wanted to do the the getting nailed story there may be thousands- <laughs> you let me have that headline y'all y'all have to hear this I called this story getting nailed you just said it so matter I did getting nailed <laughs> and I really I even I saw it today I even wrote a note on there that if she won't let me have this one because I thought it obviously has a nuance that I wanted to do painfully polished but it never—nobody ever said a word. So the day we went to the printer, I was like, I thought for sure you were going to say— Girl, after what was, you went through, you could have called this hell if you wanted to call it. I, I mean, after what you went through. But I do—but I don't—you know, I don't think very often these—that that what we do, our personal stories are supposed to bleed into our personal opinions. Very rarely, once in a while, we take a stand on something or share something personal in this way. This is something that, you know— all we can do is put it out there. If you choose to get it or you like gel pedicures or whatever, but we have to share this story. It's oh. too traumatic, and it could affect too yeah. many people if we don't. But And we also didn't do it as an op-ed. It was, my, no. my story's in the intro briefly, not the graphic one we told here, but um, just just as the inspiration, you know, there's there's an, there's the lead-up. But otherwise, it's just a Q&A with the podiatrist about what the potential complications are, including permanent damage um, or, you know, very severe cases, obviously. But And if we've grossed you out, sorry, but you needed to hear this because hopefully uh, if you're a man, go tell your wife, your daughters, your sister, your mom. and this. Uh, you know, oh, and, and he just, did say, uh, this is funny because Lauren thought it was snarky. He did say, you can have as many gel manicures as you want. And I said, why? And he said, because your hands don't go in shoes. <laughs> And Lauren was like, was he being sarcastic? And I was like, no, he's. that's just the answer to the question. Girl, you should have a closet full of the best sandals in the world. <laughs> right? I did, oh, I, did, I need to build it up. I did buy a couple new ones. Um, I did ask him this, in case anybody's wondering, because my toe was not fractured. But they really did think it was. They did a lot of x-rays. Um, and so it was probably just sprained. But he said, because, if anybody wants to know the science of this, um, your nail has to remain flexible, which is why the gel is the problem and regular polish isn't. And that basically all your foot all works together. And so the nail remains flexible. It allows your toe to bend a certain way. And then from there. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's like putting cement on your toes. Oh, yeah, because I also got plantar fasciitis from it. I never even told you that part. So <laughs> the whole thing, it was like a whole foot problem. But anyway. Yes. I'm, I'm, I think that the fact that Sawyer doesn't have to have surgery is— 
I was so relieved. Like, I, you didn't even tell me that. I was texting Sawyer because I just wanted—I felt for him, and I wanted to cheer yeah. him up. Yeah, I mean, I, some gifts. The, world's, the world has been great to him, for sure. People have felt terrible for him, and, and he has been Well, loved. I'm happy for that. But, yes. no, I didn't know, and so I was texting him, probably annoying him, and he was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to have surgery. And I was like, what? Yeah. Holy well, shit. they were like, we're close. So well, I want to say cheers to this, but cheers to healthier times. Yes, cheers to healthier times. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.